Welcome, everybody. We have another episode Against the Grain podcast. Thank you guys for all your support. With that being said, we have a special guest today. We got Nat in the house. Nat, what is up? Hi, how are you guys? Good, yeah. good. We got Christina back. Hey. I was telling you, back. Christina, earlier, I was like, I feel like it's been a while since you've been on. I know. It's been like a month. It feels so weird we used to do these. Like, Who was the last week. one? JJ? JJ. Yeah. Yeah. If you guys haven't, if they haven't watched that, they got to watch that one. That was yes. a good one. Awesome. And it's cool because I've been, you know, started following JJ more and stuff. And he's doing a lot of stuff like in the park. Yeah. We've been seeing his stuff. He's been like doing a lot of stuff. He started doing worship nights at his university. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Man. So that's cool. But yeah. um, but yeah, thanks for coming back. Yes. I'm excited for this episode with Nat. Nice. So excited. <laughs> Nat, thank you for coming on. I know when I, you know, I talked to you, I was like, hey, it is like super last minute. Mm-hmm. And you're like so down to do it. Yeah. But um, it's funny because I feel like. Like, obviously, we just met and stuff like that. You just kind of started coming. But I feel like I've seen you so much on, like, social media as far as, like, the church page and all that yeah. stuff. Like, I know they just posted more content of you and everything. Yeah. But so, like, I feel like I've known you, but I'm like, I don't know you. <laughs> so it's just cool. And then last week, we were talking a little bit on Sunday, like, about your story a little yeah. bit. And you were sharing about, like, your family and stuff. And I was like, wow, you have a crazy testimony. Yeah. That's when I hit up Christina. I was like, hey, you should come on. Like, let's, like, interview and stuff. And mm-hmm. Let's do it. So thanks for coming on, especially last minute. I appreciate Thank you. Thank you for having me. But let's get into a little bit about your story. I know, like okay. I said, a lot of people see you. Obviously, you're here in church. You're crazy worshiping. <laughs> like, you're just always in the front, like, giving it everything. Yeah. It's so cool. It's so encouraging to see. But we want to get to know you. We want to get mm-hmm. your story and stuff. So throw us way back. Talk to us a little bit about growing up, your story, like, kind of early on. Okay. So, um, uh, so I was born and raised in Fontana. I moved around a lot, like as a kid, um, because my parents were separated. So my dad, he worked full time um, on a boat. Uh, he was in oil engineering. Mm. So he would be gone for three weeks and then he would come back for three weeks. So him and my mom like split me half and half. So whenever he was here, I was out with him in Fontana. And then my mom, she was constantly moving around from city to city. And then there was a while where I lived in Louisiana with my dad for a little bit. And then I would go to Mexico to visit him sometimes, too. And I was just all over the place. Are you Hispanic or? Yeah. My parents. Like both my Mexican? parents. Yeah. Both my parents Dang. are Mexican. You're in Louisiana? Yeah. What's that like? I feel like it's all just like white. Is right? it white, a lot of white people or black people? A lot of like, black people. Yeah? Yeah, a lot of black people. Oh, yeah, Louisiana. Yeah, yeah. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, Because he, since he was stationed out in New Mexico, mm. um, him and my family, like his side of the family, well, my Stepmom and my two sisters, they moved out to Louisiana um, to pretty much be closer to him. Uh, so I would go and visit over there whenever, like, those three weeks mm-hmm. were time, I would, I would go over there. But um, for the most part, like, I lived out with my mom. And then, um, yeah, so I was born and raised Catholic, too. So my grandma, she is a Catholic, like, hardcore Catholic. Um, but... I did my, I was baptized, and I did my confirmation, um, Catholic as well, but to be honest, I never understood, like, anything. Mm. I I feel like I spent more time worshiping saints than I did Jesus. Like, right. if you would have asked me something about Jesus, I would have been like, oh, yeah, he died on the cross, and that's pretty much it. Mm. Like, I knew nothing about him. There was no type of relationship. There was nothing there um, that I could really, you know, go off of, like, a relationship um, I like I said, I spent more time like talking to the Virgin Mary, mm. which I just knew she was like Jesus's mom. And that's from like my ages from like maybe four to I want to say like eight. And then after eight, like I just don't remember having any type of relationship. My grandma had to drag me to church every time and I just mm. didn't want to. My dad was never in church. My mom was never in church. So it was always my grandma. Um, so I'm very thankful for her because she plays like a big part in my testimony too, which God just revealed to me too. Like he wow. gave me revelation on it. 
But long story short, um, I remember as I got older, she it got to an age where she couldn't drag me to church anymore. Where it was like, you know, like yeah. whatever. But I would always fall asleep in church anyways. <laughs> so basically, um, after that, I felt, um, I felt really heavy into witchcraft because uh, my mom, she was into it. So I remember the first time like I really had like an encounter with any of that was maybe around I was in middle school. So I was like 10. That's like, yeah, like 10, like seventh grade. I remember mm-hmm. I was in seventh grade and I remember the first time like I was introduced to it. Um, we would go to the Swami and she would take me to this stand where they had like candles and they had like a whole bunch of like crystals and like everything. And she would mostly go for these candles. Mm. Well, she never really told me what they were and I didn't understand. But the more time I spent there, the more I started seeing like things of like Santeria, like Mm. little like skeletons and like, you know, things like this for love and like the bracelets and the evil eyes and like all this other stuff. And I became curious because obviously we had to wait for the candles. So I would pick these little things up and like, you know, play with them. And like the store lady, like she, she didn't mind me either. So, um, I remember one day uh, she brought these candles home and I was looking at them and I asked her like, hey, like, what is it? And she was like, oh, it's for love. It's for money. And this is for this and that. Mm. And then I was like, OK. And I'm like trying to pick it up to reach. Do not touch it. Wow. Do not touch it. And I was like, why? She said, you don't touch them. And I was like, OK. Mm. Um, didn't really tell me why. And then I was like, OK, is it witchcraft? And she's like, no, it's not. Mm. And I, I'm assuming like as a mom, like she probably just didn't want me to know. So yeah. she's like, yeah, it's not. And I was like why then what is it for like where is it coming from like even at a very young age I was very curious I was like where is it coming from then she didn't really want to tell me and I was like okay but it had like scriptures on the back of the candles and they were yeah they were Mm -hmm. like Padre Nuestros and like all this stuff but it was like Santeria Mm -hmm. you know so um because what exactly is that real quick because like I've heard that I've heard of it but like what exactly is like Santeria like Um, what's the main focus because obviously it's like Bible, it's like, Bi- is it? They worship saints, yeah. like um, the, what is it, Santa Muerte. Mm. That I'm not, I'm not 100% sure of like Santeria itself. Mm. I just know that like in New Age, they're really big. Not everybody, but some people are really big on using scripture mm-hmm. to mm. manipulate it and try to some way, somehow get protection from scripture mm-hmm. while doing all of this witchcraft. Like yeah. when I was in witchcraft, there was this healer that, um, did witchcraft like for me and she had me resolve, uh, recite Psalm 23 every night before bed. Mm-hmm. Dang. So yeah, was my shepherd. Yeah. Yeah. Dang, so crazy. it's crazy how they use scripture to manipulate it, but mm-hmm. they're doing it for straight up witchcraft. You know, yeah. they think it's going to give them some sort of protection. Exactly. Dang. That's yeah. yeah. That's exactly what it was. Cause like on these, the back of the candles, like for the one for love, like it had another Bible scripture. I don't remember which one it was, but mm-hmm. I'm assuming maybe one from Psalms too. Cause the Psalms is love. Um, and then, um, just like other stuff, but they were all like Bible scriptures. Um, so basically, and I remember like even going to this thing and the lady, she was talking about being Catholic. Mm -hmm. So, you know, at a very young age, I was very confused, like very, very confused. So, um, basically this one day, um, after my mom told me, don't touch the candles, whatever, whatever. I was like, okay, whatever. I started having a lot of sleep paralysis Mm -hmm. and I didn't understand what that was. I just would wake up and I would like, I couldn't move. And I would share a room with my mom, but my mom, she would work really late and she would leave during the night and come back like kind of midday. Um, and I remember this one night um, I went to bed. My mom woke up for the morning. She left. And one rule she gave me was don't touch the candles. And if it breaks, you call me. 
And I was like, okay, that's all I knew. She kept them in the bathroom and our room was connected to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. So this one night she left. Um, I woke up in the morning and I woke up to not being able to move. And all of a sudden I heard the candle break. What? And I couldn't see it because it was in the bathroom, but I knew it broke. Mm. And I remember I heard it break and I couldn't move. I was literally like just laying in my bed and like looking up at the ceiling and I was like, okay. But I like fear struck me. What does that mean? Like you can't move? Because I've heard a lot of people do this. But I feel like you can't even get like an arm. Like you really can't move. Was it like terror taking over your body? Yes, like instant terror. But I couldn't see anything and I didn't know anything. I just heard the candle break. Mm. And instantly like I literally could not move. Like something was sitting on me. That's crazy. And I was 10. I was 10 at the time. So Mm. I didn't understand what was going on. This was like one of the very few times like I got, uh, first times I got uh, sleep paralysis. Mm. But the other times I was kind of just like, oh, I can't move. I just go back to sleep. <laughs> this yeah. time I couldn't go back to sleep. So it was instant fear that struck me. And I was kind of just like, what is going on right now? I kid you not. At the doorway, there was like this woman, like just for what I had envisioned was like a woman, um, like a veil over her face. Mm. I was so petrified where I couldn't even scream. I knew my grandma was in the house and I was trying to scream out for her and I, I, the words wouldn't even come out. And you were awake? Yeah, you I was awake. with, like, your naked eyes? Yes. Dang. And I was, like, I don't know if I'm hallucinating. Like, looking back at it now, like, I know that's a demon. Yeah. yeah. But, like, it was, it was so real to me. And I wow. literally could not move. So, um, looking back at it now, like, that candle breaking yeah. probably let something out. Mm. So, finally, when I was actually able to, like, I closed my eyes and I was just, like, please, like, please go away, please go away, please go away. And I opened my eyes and I was able to move. And as soon as I was able to move, I yelled out for my grandma. Wow. Yelled out for my grandma. Um, the lady wasn't there and I ran out of the room. Um, and basically, like, I remember I would go I would go to um, my other grandma's house, the one that was Catholic. And I would tell her these things and she would send me back home with, like, holy water. Or, mm. like, you know, she would pray over me, things like that. And it would give me peace. But, again, like, I didn't know God. I didn't know, like, you, you know. So, what did your mom say? Did you tell her about this candle? I did. I told her. I called her. I was like, hey, like the candle broke. And she's like, okay. She's like, don't touch it. I'll, I'll pick it up when I get home. Mm. And then I was like, okay. And after that, like she never said anything about it. I didn't even tell her about the dream. I didn't tell her, or not the dream, but I didn't tell her about like the situation or anything. Yeah. So pretty much went on with my life. And I remember like there was a lot of weird things that would go on in the house. I was constantly getting sleep paralysis. I was constantly having like really bad nightmares of like something trying to kill me in my dreams. Wow. Um, and I remember before school, there was a friend that would come over and like we'd walk to school together. And this one time I was getting ready and she said that she saw something walking across the hallway. And I remember telling her like, no, there's nobody home. And she goes, are you sure? And I was like, yeah. She's like, can we please leave? And mm. I was like, why? So then we finally leave and we're walking to school. She was not talking to me. And then I was like, what's going on? Like, what did you see? She's like, I saw somebody walking back and forth in your hallway. Dang. So there was definitely something going on in the house. And at yeah. the time, like, because all these things happened and I didn't know about God, and I also didn't really believe in, like, the devil, I believed in the spiritual realm. Mm. Yeah. So I believe that there is, like, if we died, we would either be reincarnated or we'd pretty much just be, like, wandering the earth in, like, the spiritual realm. Mm. So I believed in ghosts. Yeah. I didn't know they were demonic. (laughs) So um, I became like at a very young age, like super intrigued with that kind of stuff. And as I got older, like my mom, she was more open about like what she did, like her getting her cards read and everything. Mm. And I remember she would tell me like, oh, yeah, my card lady told me this about you. And like, you know, this is not. I was like, how did you know that? Like Mm. it was accurate. Yes. Mm. 
um i was like how did you know that like things that i was going through or things that like had happened in like my past like i just wouldn't talk to her about yeah. i was like how did you know that mm. so obviously this intrigued me which later ended up me getting my cards read so mm-hmm. i think the first time i got my cards read, i was like maybe i was really really young probably like 13 13 wow yeah it's young mm-hmm so I remember after that, like, I would get them read, like, every once in a while. It wasn't as consistent. I would get them, like, maybe once a year. Maybe what are they saying? Like, what when you do, when they read your cards, what exactly are they doing? Like, telling you your future? Like, what is it? So it's crazy because this lady, I never met her. But my mom had been going to her since before I was born. Oh, wow. Told her that what I was going to be. Told her, um, just told her like a whole bunch of stuff. She also told my mom she was going to be pregnant with my sister and my brother mm-hmm. and the genders of the baby. Wow. So I was like, oh, so all these things were accurate. Like, I want to get this done, too. Mm-hmm. So basically what I never met her in person. My mom would go to in person, but I would talk to her over the phone. So basically you pretty much like just give her your birthday, um, your birth month, your birthday um, and then your name, your full name. And I was like, OK, Um I would give her like this information and pretty much she would like flip the cards depending on what I wanted to know. She said, what do you want to know? Your love life, your future, um, finances, like what do you want to know? For me, I've always been like such a lover girl. So I want to know about my love life. At 13, I feel like crazy. all the girls in New Age want to no, know about their love life. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, at 13, like I had like my first boyfriend and I was like oh does he like me like little questions like that (laughs) and like you know that was like very harmless and I wouldn't really go at that age um it was mostly when I got older Mm -hmm. so by the age like 16 and up that's when I would consistently get them read Mm -hmm. um so I remember uh I got a boyfriend I want to say like when it really 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 became consistent because it becomes like an addiction Mm -hmm. It really does. Like you get it, you get addicted to wanting to know more. Like I want to know what's yeah. gonna happen. Like what or every single problem that I had, I'd go get my cards written. Yeah. Is it I costing money? Is it the yeah. pair? Like, I would, how yeah. much? Like twenty bucks? No. Hundred bucks? Five hundred? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> because she knew me, she would only charge me forty. Ooh, the homie hookup. Yeah. Because she knew my mom. <laughs> but everybody crazy. else was eighty to a hundred. Yeah, really? It's crazy. Dang. Yeah. It's like it they're like your drug dealers. Yeah, literally. Like, hundred bucks? Yeah. How many people do they do a day? A lot. Like they a make bank. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they make so bank. crazy because like That's now wild. realizing it, like these are prophetic people. Mm-hmm. And they use that gift yeah. to for that and i never realized that also something that i really realized was like yes they know your past because you're speaking to demons Mm -hmm. the demons know your past and they know your present but they don't know your future but they know repetitive things that happen Mm -hmm. so say like mine was always like oh are me and my ex-boyfriend gonna get back together Mm -hmm. well you've gotten back together like a hundred times so i assume you're gonna do it again Mm -hmm. so you know things like that because the only one who knows the future is god right Yeah. yeah So she's preaching. <laughs> yeah. And that's something that I literally like I didn't realize until like I came to God. Um, so I remember like when I got really addicted to it was like within the past two years and a half like ago. Um, I got into a relationship and it was I, I don't want to say it was a toxic relationship. It was just very um, unstable. Um, I, I feel like he didn't know how to... Um, to react to certain things like he acted like he didn't care and like you know things like this and I would I was an overthinker so instead of like communicating to him like hey can you tell me like how you feel 
I'd run to go get my cards read. Mm-hmm. How is he feeling? Why does he feel like this? Why is he acting like this towards me? Is he cheating on me? Is he doing this? He's, and he had no idea I was doing any of this. Would, um, she, would she tell you like the cheating part? Like yes or no or something? Or yeah, she would. Dang, so it was crazy. always no. And it was always like he had something going on. And every time like she would tell me what was going on. Because I would have to give her his birthday and his name, his mm. full name. Mm-hmm. So which is also a very, <laughs> it's very um, invasive. Like, yeah. you know, like that's none of my business She's on facebook yeah. No, literally. Yeah. you know what's so funny though that you're saying that so she ne- she always told you like no he's not cheating on you mm-hmm. i'm not saying that he was but i think it's so funny that like these healers when women come to them or maybe even guys and they're asking specifically about their love life because they're profiting off of this relationship mm. they're gonna try to keep their relationship yeah. going no, and together yeah. mm. so they'll never try to break you guys up and it's always what you want to hear Definitely. and it's always like he yes. loves you he wants to be with you yes. he's just going through a rough patch he's gonna come back yeah. for you yes. like you know let's just do some energy healing on him and yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah let me light this candle of love for you like yeah. i know you guys are going through a hard time right now yeah. like look this will this will create peace between you guys yeah. And you know that's another like what eighty bucks? Yeah, another eighty bucks <laughs> yeah. for a candle. Yeah, yeah. for a oh candle. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go to the nine cent store. Oh my gosh! Dang. Really. So um, I remember bucks. like it became an addiction, and especially since me and him were like really on and off. Whenever we would break up, I swear I was getting my cards read like twice a week, wow. and which is a lot. Like twice to three times a week like every other day like just reassurance that he's coming back are you sure he's coming back like he hasn't came back yet like are you sure he's coming back like i don't know like you keep saying he's coming back but it's been like two months are you sure he's coming back and he would come back eventually Mm. but you know and that's what gave me more faith yeah like faith in the cards you know Mm. so it became like very addicting that's like instead and it's crazy now because i'm like dang like i could have saved so much money if i know how much money do you think you really spent like on this lady like thousands probably. yeah probably <laughs> yeah yeah it's crazy my dad be asking me where your money be going i'm like <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy yeah so that was um that was definitely like um like a starter point of it and then like with the tarot cards like i got into like the crystals and stuff too yeah. my mom was really big into crystals too i had an aunt she actually got saved too at the same like maybe like two weeks after like or maybe like a month i'm sorry a month a month after i got saved mm. she comes to harvest time too she, so your cool. aunt does yeah her no name way. is melissa yeah I'm, i think you've met her i was at uh california will be saved with her oh at hollywood okay, her yes, yeah. yeah so she comes here now but it's so crazy how god works because she was really into that too. she would read my she's like really she was the one you went to uh no, 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 no. I wouldn't get my cards read by her, but she started reading cards. Oh, and I would okay, ask okay, her to read okay, my cards, okay. too. So she got into it, and she got into, like, her crystals and, like, everything. So she had, like, a whole wall of, like, crystals. And, like, her kids would yeah. go around trying to say, don't touch my crystals. Don't touch my <laughs> crystals. Yeah. yeah. She was, like, really protective over them. And um, I remember me and her, like, would bond a lot. when we Because she was Catholic, too. Not we, she, didn't, she wasn't Catholic, but we were born raised Catholic. Yeah. Um, because of my grandma. And I remember she's had like i wish she would have came today she she has like a couple of stories like she's prophetic like mm. she has prophetic dreams like and it's crazy because again god will use not god uh the devil will use people like that yeah mm. and um so she would read my cards and you know she was even um that's something we would bond over to like the crystals and like all that stuff because everybody thought we were crazy because we were mm. <laughs> this is your aunt yeah her name is melissa yeah she comes here so that's from your mom's side no my dad's that's side. your dad's side. yeah so oh yeah, yeah yeah so she's from my dad's side and then from my mom's side honestly i think her 
my mom and one of her cousins are like the only ones that do like that kind of stuff so mm-hmm. that's crazy it's like your mom and your dad's side are both into the spiritual stuff yeah that's crazy it's crazy though because I, I really do so my aunt no <sighs> it's so crazy my dad's family like i swear they're all prophetic like really? my grandma prophetic dreams all the time but she's yeah. Catholic. and then i have another aunt she has like a lot of prophetic dreams but she doesn't like she's she believes in god but she doesn't like follow mm-hmm. you know god so um and then Melissa, she's very prophetic in her dreams, too. Wow. So um, basically, that's something we bonded over. And when I got saved, I remember she was, like, sitting at the top of, like, a hospital, like, Kaiser Hospital, because she, um, she works in the medical field. So she just went up to the rooftop and was, like, watching the sunset. And I remember I had called her. And I was just telling her, like, talking to her about how I got saved. And I was like, do you believe in God? She's like, I believe in, like, reincarnation. And then I was like, we were just having a talk, you know. And I was telling her a little bit of my testimony. And she was, like, it got her, like, thinking. And we were both looking at the sunset, like, over the phone. And we were talking about the sunset. I was, like, do you really think, like, who do you think made that? Dang. Like, look at how beautiful that is. Like, you don't think there's more to life? Mm. Sorry, excuse me. You don't think there's more to life? Like, there's so much, like, everything has a creator. Like, there has to be more. Mm. And I'm, like, really new to the faith, too. So I didn't even really know how to put it into words. I just knew. Like, I just knew. And with the encounter that I had with God, like, I knew. There was no doubt in my mind. But, again, like, I wasn't really reading the Bible at this time either, so I didn't know too much. Mm. So I'm just trying to explain it to her, like, the best I could. And then we ended off, like, the phone call. And Easter came around. And I was like, hey, like, do you want to come to church with me today? Like, I'm going to church. I was the only one going to church. I would go by myself. I started off at a church um, in San Bernardino. And um, I was going to this church for, like, that past month. And I was like, hey, like, do you want to do you want to come to church with me today? It's Easter. And she's like, okay, yeah. We went for the sunrise. And I guess that, that message, like, really touched her heart. Mm-hmm. And that day she ended up getting saved, too. Wow. And since then, like, I'm so grateful because God knows who you need in your life. Like, that Amen. was my fellowship, my only fellowship. Yeah. For like months until wow. I came to harvest time. Was that this year? You got saved this year. year? Oh I got God. saved in March. Wow. What made you first like? What made you first go? <sighs> so, this boyfriend that I had, so the same one I would run to get my cards read from, um, we were together for like two years and a half. So I just want to say like all respect to him. Like I love him. You know, I have a lot of I hold a lot of respect for him. Especially like I'm very grateful that I did meet him. I was so bitter for a long time because of like our situation and stuff, but. I thank God for allowing me to see the bigger picture in things, you know? So um, basically, I was with him for two years and a half, and he came home one day and called me and was like, hey, like, I'm going to go watch Jesus Revolution with my family. Keep in mind, in the two years and a half that we were together, we never spoke about God. Mm. Never. The only conversation we had about him was, like, when you were getting to know somebody, I was like, are you religious? And he was like, "Uh, well, I'm, like, Christian. I believe in God. And I was like, okay. He's like, what about you? And I was like, no. And he's like, you don't believe in God? I was like, no. And he was like, why? And I was like, I just, I've had a lot of things happen to me, like, when I was a kid and, like, my upbringing and, like, everything that caused me to not believe in God. Like, if God was real, and this is, like, a question that everybody has. Like, if God is real, why did God let that happen? Yeah. Yeah. Why did that happen to me? Yeah. And that's how I grew up. Like, realistically, like, I had so much, like, trauma growing up, like, with my family problems and, like, just things that happened to me, like, as a kid where it's, like, if God was real, like, why did he let that happen? That shouldn't have happened to me. Like, I was innocent. And um, so with that, like, I kind of just told him that, and he was kind of like, I don't know what to say to that. Like, mm-hmm. okay. So we never spoke about it after that. 
Um, so this day he came, he came home and was like, Hey, like, I'm going to go watch Jesus revolution with my family. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Comes back completely different person, Wow. completely different person. And just told me, Hey, um, so I watched the movie, whatever, whatever. And was kind of just like beating around the bush. And then finally he was like, so there's a lot of things that are going to change. We're not going to be having sex anymore. Cause you know, we were very worldly. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not going to be doing that anymore. Um, I am devoting myself to God and I'm going to go all in. Like wow. I'm tired of being lukewarm. Like I'm not going to do this Dang, anymore. From one movie. From yeah. one That's movie. That's crazy. No, yeah. <laughs> Completely different person. And That's I was awesome. like, what? You were probably shy. What's yeah. it, what is this movie? <laughs> yeah, you're like, I need to go see <laughs> this no, movie. Literally. I was like, <laughs> let me call my, let me call my tarot card. Right? Later. <laughs> and I did. You're about this and did. I did. Oh my oh, gosh. Sure Another 40 bucks. <laughs> You should have spent twenty bucks and watched the movie. No, right? No, it took <laughs> someone to go watch the movie. No. <laughs> yeah. So, um, he came back and was like, "We're not doing that anymore. I'm devoting myself to God, and if you're not willing to do it with me, then I can't be with you." Dang. And I was like, "Shout out to him. That's no, hard. Yeah. That's crazy." No, yeah, but in the moment, that Jezebel in me. You're pissed. <laughs> I, I was like, "What do you mean? What do you mean? We've never talked about God, and now you're giving me this ultimatum." Mm. And I was literally like so mad like you're not gonna tell me what i'm gonna put my faith in mm. he had no idea like i was getting my cards right i think i had told him mm. once i remember i told him once yeah because i was like hey like are you going through this and he told me how do you know that mm. you should you should not know that yeah and then i told him like i get my cards right. don't ever do that again mm. and i was like what and because he believed in god mm. yeah. um and he knew that wasn't right so after that i never told him ever again like that i was doing it or like that's what i was doing behind closed doors and my dad never knew either. The only one who knew was my mom and my my um, my aunt Melissa. Uh, nobody else knew. Um, so um, he basically told me like, yeah, we're not doing any of that anymore. And if you're not gonna be a Christian, I can't be with you. Wow. I was like, bro, what? <laughs> I was so mad. And I was like, well, I was born and raised Catholic, and that didn't work out for me. So if I ever did go back to like religion, like I would go back to Catholicism. He's like that's not what I said. Like, if mm-hmm. you're not going to be Christian, I can't be with you. Dang. So he pretty much gave me this ultimatum and it, he was serious about it. So I was like, okay, well, um, I have to think about it. Cause I'm not just going to let you dictate like what I put my future in. Mm-hmm. And then, so we hung up the phone and I pretty much like cried out to whoever it was. Cause it really broke my heart. Like I love this person like so much. Like that was my first love and the devil will, get you with your weakness and he was my weakness like i would literally give anything for this person was he your twin what's that called the twin something twin flame, was he a twin flame? <laughs> we did not get along <laughs> was that, did i say that right yeah twin flame, twin flame soulmate she, she soulmate. told me a little bit about yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dang many no yeah i was oh, like twin something nah this this my twin flame right <laughs> okay, here okay, okay. Twin flame. <laughs> no yeah but um yeah um basically uh I remember like that night, like I really felt it like in my heart where I was like, damn, like that really hurt. Like we might just actually be done because I'm not going to tell him. I'm, I'm not going to let him tell me what to do. So I remember after that phone call, like I literally like I got down on my knees and I was sobbing like, I don't know what it was about this time. I just knew he was so serious about it. And I think yeah. that's why like I was like mm, scared because mm. he was so serious about it. Yeah. So I was like, dang. 
So I got down on my knees and I just started sobbing, like breaking down. I was like, I tried everything to make this relationship work. Like, why is it not working out for me? Like, I love this person so much. And I just, I, I started crying so hard to where it, it got put on my heart to like seek a higher power. Like mm-hmm. I didn't want to keep getting my cards read. Mm-hmm. So it was like, I don't know who you are, what you are, but if you're willing to change his life and his perspective that much, if he's willing to leave me over you, I want to know you too. That's crazy. I want to know you too. So whoever you are, whatever you are, because he's, he's saying Jesus. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know Jesus. <laughs> so um, I, was, I, I was like, whoever you are, like, I just, I need something. Please tell me, like, this man isn't for me. Please, like, I'm begging you. I'm literally begging you. Please tell me this man isn't for me. Because if he isn't for me, like, I'll leave him. I'll do, I'll lay my whole entire life down to you. If you just, just give me a sign that you're real. And in this moment, like, I was literally sobbing, like, sobbing so hard. Like, my heart was completely shattered. And I just felt instant peace just, like, rain over me. Just fall on me. And so much where it was, like, I could finally breathe. And I was like, I just took a deep breath and I was like, okay, maybe I just needed to cry it out. Like, I'm good now. And I went to bed. In that moment, I didn't know that was God's presence. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that was God's peace. I didn't know that that was God's love. But that's the same feeling I feel now Mm -hmm. when I pray to God. Whenever I'm going through something and I ask for, like, his peace, like, that's what I feel. Mm -hmm. So went to bed that night. And I can't explain to you, like, to this day, like, I still don't know if it was, like, I, I can't remember, like, if it was the audible voice of God, like in my dream, because I remember like when I told like my ex about it, he was like, did you hear God? And I'm sitting there like, did I hear God? Mm-hmm. But I'm dreaming. So it must have been, you know? Yeah. So I just heard like it was completely black and then it turned like completely white. And I'm just like sitting there in like this like super bright room. And all I hear is what more do you need to understand that this man is not for you? as you sat here and you begged me and you cried to me to, to explain to you that this man wasn't for you, what more do you need as you're sitting here begging me to give you a sign? If this, like, common sense, kind of like, yeah. girl, if you're sitting here and you're crying and you're begging me, like, obviously this man isn't for you, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, like, with the past, you know, we just didn't really get along. There was no other issues other than we just, we bumped heads a lot. Mm-hmm. And just because I wasn't willing to submit and he was just, like, you know, trying to... Yeah. So basically, um, I woke up in the morning and I was like, God, is that you? I just, I knew it was Jesus. Like, I knew it was Jesus. I don't know what it was in me, but something, like, it was Jesus. Like, there was no question about it. And I was like, dang, I really got to lay my life down now. Yeah. (laughs) I really said that. Yeah. So I remember I woke up in the morning and me and him were still talking. And I had this on my heart for a whole week. And I didn't tell him, but God had already put it in my heart. This man isn't for you. Mm-hmm. He's not for you. And I was like, damn, like, I don't, I don't want to leave him. So I remember finally, like, we kept, like, just bumping heads a lot. Um, and we sat down in the car one day and he was talking about his faith and he was talking about God. Like, you know, I had, um, I went to church. Yeah. So basically after that whole incident, I ended up going to church, um, to this one church that his mom had actually took me to like a year before that. I was going through like a breakup with him again and me and his mom were really close Mm -hmm. and um, she took me to her church and that was the only Christian church like I knew of and I remember I told my grandma I was like I want to get back to like I I told her like I want to 
I want to get to know God. And my grandma was like ecstatic because yeah. she keeps her family in her prayers. Mm-hmm. So when I told her, she was like, breakthrough, like finally, like, yeah. finally my yeah. answers are being answered. My prayers are being answered. And so she was so excited about it. But then I told her, I was like, but I think I want to pursue Christianity. Mm-hmm. And she was like, why? Well, the reason why was because of him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I think I want to pursue Christianity. Um, and she was kind of like, no, she's Catholic and she's like very religious. Mm-hmm. So she was like, well, whatever you want. She's like, you know, I'm just happy that you're coming to God. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And I think she said that thinking I wasn't going to be a Christian. <laughs> so um, um, I, w- I remember I tried out Catholicism again. I went to the church, uh, to her church, and I just didn't feel anything. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try Christian church now. So I went to the Christian church, and I went by myself. And the first time I went, it's always the first time you go. Like, that yeah. message is just for you. <laughs> so I remember I went, and they started talking about, like, your day-to-day life, like, your struggles, like, you know, sorry, excuse me, your struggles, um, and they pretty much read me, um, I, I can't remember what the the verse, in the, the verse it was, but it, it said, um, you have enough to worry about today. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So don't worry about tomorrow. Dang, I know? just posted that. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah. I, I think I saw it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the verse that I got, and it was like, I was so worried about, like, my future with this person. I was so worried when God had already told me, like, this person isn't for you. And just, like, the whole message was literally just for me. They did an altar call, and I was like, is that for me? Mm. It's like, no, that's not for me. And they were like, okay, raise your hand, whoever wants to give their, their life to Jesus. And I was like, well, I already did. Mm. And I felt something tugging on my heart, like, no. And it now that I realize it, like, even speaking it now, like, the reason... Or that because like why do I have to go up to the altar yeah. and it just like it shows like humility humility yeah. like it shows like I'm surrendering yeah. like I, I'm I'm willing to to go up there so I remember um I was like no I don't want to like I'm embarrassed I dealt with so much anxiety so much anxiety like I I can't even remember when I had first got anxiety but it, it was from a very young age very depressed super anxious and that's one of the downfalls in my relationship too Mm -hmm. because because i was so anxious i was constantly nagging this person why don't you love me do you still love me do you still care about me do you still this do you still that super depressed constantly wanting that attention constantly feeling like i needed somebody to love me and um basically um was he going to the church real quick was he going to the church that same church you were going to or no uh he was he was but we wouldn't go together. Mm. Um, and I believe he ended up going to like this really small church too. Um, Cause after that movie, he ended up watching, um, what was it? Uh, Come out in Jesus name. Mm. Yeah. That was a really big changer too. Like he started ripping up all his clothes. Like, really? yeah, he was like, this is demonic. <laughs> I didn't even realize this. And I didn't even realize this. So he was just going crazy. Did you and watch it too? Like back no, then? No, I didn't get to, mm. I actually just watched, I bought it like a couple days ago and I watched it. It was so good. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I remember I, um, where was I? Oh yeah, so I went up to the altar. I gave my life to Jesus. And that day, like I was saved and I came home and I called him and I pretty much like vented to him and I was just crying and sobbing and like telling him like, I, I gave my life to Jesus. Like, you know, and in hopes that by me again, becoming a Christian, our relationship would work out. Yeah. So something that I realized was when I first came to God, I wasn't doing it for God. Mm-hmm. I was doing, my intentions weren't in the right place. So 
that was the first time like I had came to God, but I never felt God after that. Mm-hmm. And I, I would ask myself, why don't I feel you the way he feels you? Like, why does this, like, why, why isn't it working out for me? Like, why, why this, 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 and that? First of all, you're being disobedient. I told you this person wasn't for you. Um, second of all, what are your intentions behind it? Mm-hmm. Your heart's not in it. You're not doing it because you want to get to know me. You're doing it because you want to be with this person. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, that was a revelation I got, like, months later. And I remember, like, I was trying to come to God, and I was really trying to, like, devote my life to him. But there was so much things that I couldn't overcome. Like, I didn't want to let go of my secular music. I didn't want to, you know, stop posting, like, these promiscuous, like, things on social media. Like, I just, I couldn't stop um, because I didn't understand. Um, So basically, (laughs) in, like, a short, like, I guess... um, I guess you can say, like, I was just opening my Bible and he was already on, like, page 50. Uh-huh. So that's when, like, the conversation of God became very controversial because he was talking about deliverance. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and then he was talking about speaking in tongues and how he wanted to speak in tongues. And I'm like, what? He's crazy, but you're going to the, you're going to the card lady. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm But he's the crazy one. <laughs> But it's crazy, right? <laughs> no, it is. Like in church, it's weird, but no, you're going. Yeah. So funny. No, yeah, it really is. And it's crazy because even when I was saved, I fell into getting my cards read twice. And I remember the card lady, she would tell me, he's not going to last. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a phase. He's not going to last. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay. Because again, like I... I don't know if I was delivered from it, but like this, I, I could have swore it was Jezebel. Like Dang. Jezebel in me was telling me like, again, like the lustfulness, like, you know, cause he, he already set his boundary. We're not doing this. Yeah. Right. And I was still not there, even though I was saved, you know? Mm. So very much, this was in March. Um, and all the way up until I want to say like May, God had already told me this person wasn't for me. This person wasn't for me. And yet the same issues were occurring, same issues were occurring. And finally, um, he, we ended up breaking it off. And during this time of our breakup is when I finally, like, was able to feel actual pain. And I feel like I had nothing else to cling on to. Nothing else but God. I had no other option. I literally had no other option. And it's not like I could even do it to be with this person because I wasn't with this person anymore. So in a way, like, I was kind of just forced to um not forced but what yeah in a way like forced to like rely on god and i remember i was in my car and i was driving and i was just constantly feeling convicted constantly feeling convicted whether it was getting my card or because i was sitting in church not consistently but i was i would go here and there to church and obviously like i knew these things weren't right um i started to feel convicted about doing a lot of things I started to feel convicted about listening to my second music. I started to feel convicted about, um, I would smoke weed a lot because of my anxiety. Mm-hmm. So I started feeling convicted about my weed and I started feeling convicted about, um, you know, talking to guys and, you know, just, just things that I wouldn't, that I would normally do in the world. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dang, like, why do I feel convicted about these things? And it's when I realized, like, I have Holy Spirit. And I was like, but I'm still going through these things. Like, why do I still feel this way then? But realistically, like, looking back, like, I wasn't doing the things that I was supposed to be doing. I wasn't reading the Bible. 
I definitely was not reading the Bible. Mm. I had the Bible app, but I wouldn't open it. I didn't have a physical Bible yet. I wasn't reading the Bible. I wasn't worshiping. I knew like maybe three worship songs and I wasn't praying. I don't know why, but I felt so lazy when it came to prayer. Mm. So lazy. And I didn't know the importance of prayer. I always thought like, okay, you're praying it kind of like, I thought like praying was kind of just like, I don't know how to explain it. Um, like it didn't work. Mm. Like you were kind of just venting. That's yeah. what I thought prayer was. And I was like, well, I don't really want to talk about it. Like, you know, like, so I never prayed, never worshiped. I wasn't putting on the armor of God. Mm. So how can you expect to feel God when you're not doing the things that God told you to do in order to protect yourself from these things? Yeah. So I remember I was driving in the car and I was on my way home from work and I was like, I don't want to feel this conviction anymore. Like, leave me alone. Like, I want nothing to do with you right now. Like, you're not helping me. I'm going through my breakup alone. I'm in so much pain. Like, I want to smoke my weed. I want to go out to party. I want to go do these things. Like, I'm going to do it my way because your way obviously isn't working for me. Mm. And in that moment, this instant conviction and just fear reigned over me of, because I said, I literally said, I'll come back to you later. Mm. I'll come back to you when I'm older. I'll come yeah. back to you when, when I'm over this. Uh-huh. Like, I'm going to do it my way right now. Instant, instant fear, instant, just petrified. Who told you you had later? Mm. Who told you you were going to make it home today? Dang. Who told you? If you died today, where would you go? I literally was on the freeway and I was like, what am I? I was just, I was in, that, that's when I, I want to say, obtained the fear of the Lord. That's when I understood the fear of the Lord. That was my second encounter with God. I did not know the fear of the Lord until then. I didn't realize how long eternity was. I didn't realize how real hell was yeah. until then. It's crazy. And that's a misconception that everybody has too. Like, oh, like I'll go back I'll, I'll, when I'm older. Yeah. When I'm older. Like, you know, like, yeah, like I, I want to live my life right now and I'll do it when I'm older. But how many people die in their sin? Mm-hmm. How many people like... Even like say like the Travis Scott concert, like yeah. people died in that crowd, like yeah. kids, like yeah. crazy. And it's like you never know when you're gonna die. People die every single day, whether it's on the freeway, whether it's drug overdose. Like you, you it's just it mind like boggles me. Like yeah, how real like death is, and we just don't understand. We don't know when it's gonna happen, yeah. and you have to always be prepared. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's when I realized, like, oh, like I can't be, I can't be dabbling in my sin. Like, I got like, okay, I'm gonna let my get my life together now. So that's when I uh, consistently started going to church. I um, bought a Bible, and I started being like more in the Word. Well, um, me and this person, like, we ended up talking very briefly, and he kind of just mentioned to me, like, do you still go to that spiritually dead church? Oh, dang! <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> what? and he when he told me this i was like what do you mean he's like yeah like do you still go to like that spiritually dead church and i was like what are you talking about and i'm so thankful that he did say that because honestly i was comfortable in my church Mm. but realizing it they don't do deliverance Mm. they don't they talk very briefly about the the about tongues but they don't i've never heard them speak in tongues Mm. and they don't touch on deliverance was it a different church from the one that his mom took you to? No. Was I was going to say, you should have been mom. like, your mom goes there. I know, right? <laughs> you go your there. mama goes if there. If you want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> like your mama does. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Wow. I'm crazy. Betty. I'm crazy. I'm crazy. <laughs> that was so funny. Um, but um, she doesn't go there anymore. But yeah, they had left the church once I started going there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, what do you mean spiritually dead? So it really got me thinking. And I was like, is it spiritually dead? And then I started to realize like, oh, they don't talk about deliverance. Oh, they don't talk about like these things. And at the time I was still feeling like super oppressed. Um, like I still had anxiety. Mm. I still had anxiety. I was still like going through it like with depression and like all these other like emotions. Like I just, I didn't understand why. And I was like, dang. So then that's when I started um, working at her job. And that's when I met her. And when I met her, she told me about Calvin. And she's Mm. like, oh, I have a cousin. He goes to um, this church in in Ballin Park if like you want to go one day. I was like, yeah, I'm down to go. But it's just just because going to that church and being like a first-time Christian, like I don't know of any other churches. And once you get comfortable, like you don't want to go anywhere else, you know? Mm. Um, I didn't have like community in that church either. I was just going Wednesdays and Fridays and Sundays. But I didn't like have a relationship with God yet. Mm. And, but I, I craved more. Like, I know, like, I craved more. Um, so when I started coming here, the first day I got here, I got delivered. Wow. wow that's amazing. I got delivered. It was Roman. He delivered me. Of Boss course. Man. Of course it was Roman. <laughs> no, literally. I came. First time I came, we were literally in the front. We were worshiping. And I wasn't worshiping. Like, I, I don't know if, like, you guys have seen me, like, like get comfortable and then from going like like this like <laughs> spare change to like praising god yeah i couldn't even go like this i mm. literally couldn't even go like this mm. and um i remember that day like i was like the worship had just really 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 touched me and i've never felt worship like that before i've never felt the presence of god so strong and I think it's because of all the people here I've never seen so many on fire like people for God never and that's why I love harvest time so much because it was my first time and yet everybody made me feel like I've been here for years Mm. and not just that but you see and like I said like in the video like you can tell by the way someone worships what they've gone through you can tell who's been through hell and back by the way that they worship. Because the way these people were worshiping, I was like, wow, like, I just, I, you could feel the presence of God so strong. And I remember I just started sobbing, like, just sobbing. And as soon as I started sobbing, Roman came up to me and he just started, I rebuke any any spirit of anxiety, any spirit of depression. I literally just started sobbing like even harder um and it genuinely felt like a weight was lifted off of me and after that worship after that night not an ounce of anxiety not an ounce of anxiety not an ounce of depression not an ounce of anything and i felt so free so free and i remember i was like this is the best i've ever felt like even going through like my breakup like it didn't even phase me anymore i was like oh like i'm i'm free i'm free Mm. um and you know Uh, fast forward to like maybe a couple months later um something happened like with a friend and my ex-relationship got brought up again and in this ex like with this whole situation that happened it brought me back to that pain Mm. to that feeling 
And I, even though like I was freed from like depression and anxiety, I still felt like there was something holding me back. Like I kept thinking about this person, like, oh, I just need to get over it. Like I just need to like really just, um, just like let time pass. But I was really like praying to God and I was actually doing all the things I was supposed to be doing. I was worshiping, I was praying, I was reading the Bible. Like I was spending time with God. And um, basically I, I still felt like this oppression of like, why can't I let this person go? Like, why? there's something more, there's something more. Mm-hmm. And God had already been like revealing it to me, like an ungodly soul tie, mm-hmm. an ungodly soul tie. And I was like, but I, re- I already rebuked it. Like I rebuke any spirits of like ungodly soul ties. Like give me back anything that was mine. And I give you back everything that is yours. Like I'm, I'm just done. Like I don't want to do it anymore. Threw mm-hmm. away all the pictures, deleted all the pictures, did everything I was supposed to do. And I was still dealing with it. And I was like, why am I still dealing with it? Well, I, I was like, well, maybe I just need to get over it. Well, taking back to that that worship night. So that day, um, basically, Antoinette had invited me to a worship night. So on this worship night, I was like, uh, I wasn't even going to go. I was like, no, it's really far. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, you know what? Okay, I'm going to go. So I'm getting ready, got ready, got in the car, and I'm like worshiping in my car. Worshiping in my car. And all of a sudden, like, I just feel like the presence of God so strong. Like, I got holy goosebumps, like, in my car and everything. I'm just praising God. Like, God, I don't know, like, why I feel like this. I'm still going through the pain. I'm still going through the breakup. But I'm going to praise you. I'm going to praise you regardless of how I feel. Because I don't, I, don't, I don't see the blessings you have for me. But I know they're coming. I know they're coming. Because if I'm going through this type of pain as much as I am right now, I know the blessings are going to be so much better, so much better. So I was like, okay, praising God, praising God. And all of a sudden I start rebuking anything inside of me. Like, God, I rebuke this ungodly soul tie. I rebuke this, this feeling, this, this, this feeling of hurt, this feeling of just rebuking everything inside of me. And then I go back to worshiping and then I start speaking in tongues. I'm just, I just, I can't stop speaking in tongues. And all of a sudden I start gagging. I'm really? driving to Antoinette's house and I'm gagging. You're by yourself. You're by yourself. Yes, yes. On my way to Antoinette's house to this like worship <laughs> night. And I'm like gagging and gagging and gagging. I'm like, oh my gosh, am I going to throw up? Am I going to throw up? And I was like, no. So I'm like driving and I go back to worshiping. I literally have a video. Really? I have a video because I was recording myself like worshiping <laughs> and I'm over here worshiping. And then all of a sudden I start gagging in the video and I'm like, I'm so embarrassed. I'll show you guys after. That's but why I'm laughing. I'm just thinking about the video. Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear? Yeah, I did show you. You showed us. Really? Yeah. yeah. And then Come I'm, out. And no, literally. And I was so confused. Like the my face in the video, like was yeah. so confused. I was like, what is going on? Like, why am I gagging? <laughs> and then I'm driving. I'm like, do I need to pull over? So I was like, no, I'm just relaxed. I'm. I need to chill. Keep worshiping. And no, I actually baby barfed. Really? And I was like, okay, I need to pull over. And when I pulled over, I started throwing up. Wow. And I was like. I instantly called Anton. I was like, I think I just self-delivered myself. Dang. I was like telling her, like, oh, it's going to be a good night today. <laughs> it's going to be a good night. <laughs> so That's crazy. long story short, we ended up going to that worship night. We were in the car. We were just talking, worshiping. And then yeah. we got to that um, mansion. And then. Antoinette said dress casual and I'm in my leggings and a big old hoodie. <laughs> so we walk- gorgeous mansion in the hills. We're like, um. No, literally. And then we walk in. And everybody's dressed like super like rich. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like really nice. And I'm over here like, 
<laughs> not supposed yeah. to be here. There's like a bunch of people that go to the Increase Summit and the oh. Increase Conference there, and we were like, "What the heck is going on? It's just so <laughs> random." Yeah, it was it's like crazy. we're like, especially me. I was like, "Bro, I don't look like I need to be here right now." Yeah. So Antoinette, literally, as we walk in and we like, um, we're standing by like this wall, like leaning on a wall and listening to them. Um, and she leans over to me because I'm like still looking around, like, "Dang, like I shouldn't be here right now," and I was so like heartbroken at this time. Keep in mind, and she leans over to me and she goes sometimes where you feel so out of place and like you're not supposed to be is exactly where you need to be mm-hmm. and I was like okay so then I was paying attention to what they were talking about and basically came this part where they said that they were gonna have the worshipers sing over people mm-hmm. so it's kind of like prophetic singing right yeah so they'll they'll pick somebody and then they'll just speak whatever God is oh sing whatever God is uh, speaking mm-hmm. to them so they started doing that, and then came this worshiper where she started singing over this woman. And she started singing over her. And when she started singing over her, she said something along the lines of, God sees you when you cry. He sees you in your pain, and he's with you. He wraps his arms around you. He's with you the whole entire time. When you cry, he cries with you. Wow. And it was talking about heartbreak. That hit me so hard so so hard because i'm over here like god like you don't hear my prayers you don't mm-hmm. like what's going on like i'm praying to you every day i'm doing everything right like why 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 can't i hear you why can't i feel you like did you leave me what, what's going on and with her singing that even though she wasn't singing over me i knew it was for me mm-hmm. i knew it was for me and i just started sobbing and i guess one of the other worshipers had seen that i was sobbing after the whole worship um she she stopped like singing over her um, there was like fellow, room for fellowship. So I sat down and I was like talking to Christina, to Antoinette, Chris, and like everybody who was there. And um, basically the worshiper, she came up to me. She's like, you were highlighted to me the second you walked in. Uh-huh. And I was like, really? And she was like, yeah. She goes, I have a vision that God gave me for you. Can I share it with you? And I told her, yeah, of course. And she goes, I just have this vision of God stitching up the sides of your heart. Dang. She goes, and there's butterflies flying around. Wow. She said the butterfly part, and I started sobbing. I just broke down because God had given me visions about butterflies, mm. dreams about butterflies. And when I would go in my secret place, I would go to a park, and I would be like, God, give me a word, and flip my page to like a random page in the Bible, and there'd be butterflies flying around. And God had already revealed to me that this butterfly meant transformation. Wow. Like this, butterflies are so like significant like in my life now because it's from God. Like I know it's from God. Um, and he gave me like that revelation of knowing that this butterfly means transformation. Because when it goes from a caterpillar to the cocoon and then a butterfly, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is your old life as a caterpillar. You're sad. You're ugly. You're yeah. <laughs> all these things dusty. before I cried. Literally. Yeah. Dusty. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> got caterpillars a worm. Dusty. <laughs> a worm. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, and then you get put into this pruning season. And I remember like during my pruning season, like it's so crazy because I had, that's a whole nother story. But basically, he puts you in this cocoon where he starts taking all the bad out. This is like your sanctification process, right? Where he starts mm-hmm. plucking all the worldly people out. That's good. Your, like, secular music, you know. Basically, taking all the bad out, but you need to be isolated. And I remember during this time, like, I had lost all my friends. Like, I didn't have anybody. Um, and I, I just felt so lonely during this season. But when you come out of that cocoon, 
you're this completely different person yeah. mm-hmm. and that's your new life in christ that's good so when she said that butterflies were flying around i just started sobbing because that was just confirmation for me that was just confirmation and especially like the confirmation like him stitching up my heart and everything um she she told me this and i started sobbing and she was like what was it that made you cry and i was like well all of it but mostly the butterflies mm-hmm. and she's like that's crazy because i wasn't even gonna say the butterflies mm-hmm. she's like i thought it was i thought it was silly like i wasn't mm-hmm. even gonna say it wow. and then i was like yeah like god had already given me revelation about that specifically okay. so then she pretty much told me um like well what are you going through gave her a little bit of my testimony to run down and then she's like i feel an ungodly soul tie wow and i was like mm. She's like, I can pray over you or you can have your friends pray over you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, pastor said to not let random people pray over you. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, so, cool. so I'm going to, um, yeah, <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm going to have my, my friends pray over me. She's like, okay. So at this point, everybody had already left. It was just us by the fire pit. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't realize we were the last ones there. Which is so crazy. You should ask her, how much do you charge? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so. She's uh, what, what you mean, how, do you, how much do you charge? Because she would charge the tarot card? Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm like, she's not with the 40 bucks in her hand. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so then, um, uh, it was just us. So I went up to Antoinette and I was like, Antoinette, like, I, I think I need prayer. And she's like, okay, for what? And I was like, an ungodly soul tie. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, okay. So she called over Christina and she called over the girls and um, we, they were all sitting. And then um, Chris, Kevin, and his name? Artie? Artie, yes. Oh, my Artie. cousin was there. Yeah, huh? yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. They were sitting in front of us. So all the girls laid hands on me. And the guys were just praying over me from a distance, like from across the fire pit. So they were praying over me from from there. And everybody was just praying over me. And Antoinette just starts praying over me. Um, and she starts rebuking an ungodly soul type. And, you know, I just started crying. I was sobbing. This man came out of nowhere. <laughs> Flew in from Hawaii. Yeah. Where did he come from? Um, they had just gotten in from Hawaii. From Hawaii. Yeah. Didn't know him. He wasn't even in the conversation. Mm. Didn't know what I needed prayer for, at least from what I know of, right? I don't yeah. think you guys told him. Yeah. Um, and he just, like, walked over, laid his hand, like, on my head. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt his hand, because there's so many hands on me. Yeah. <laughs> no. He put his hand on my head and just started rebuking ungodly soul ties, wow. spirit of lust and spirit of orphan. Wow. And rejection. I literally instantly I've never had a manifestation like that really but I felt the same way have you ever gotten a text that's the best way to describe it have you ever gotten a text that says we need to talk oh yeah yeah. (laughs) we get that text (laughs) we need to talk yeah and your instant body like just goes into shock Mm. instant anxiety like that shock and I haven't felt that type of anxiety in forever my whole body just like went into shock and I felt so much pressure like I tensed up so hard and I just started gagging like scream like not screaming but like this cry that came out was just like a cry of relief Mm. like and I just started gagging and gagging and gagging started throwing up and um he just started rebuking all this stuff like out of me and at the same time where I felt like this was coming out because I really felt something coming out of me this thing that was coming out of me I felt like something was coming into me. Mm. And finally, when he was done, um, I just, I remember like so much peace just coming over me. So much peace, so much love. And just being there with all these people who like genuinely care about me. Like I've never had that Mm. because growing up, like I felt so rejected. 
like from like my mom so it it played like a really big role in like my upbringing too because um growing up feeling rejected now i know that's why i constantly seeked that validation in other people mm. why i constantly seek that validation in men in friends in any type of relationship like i just wanted somebody to love me and um he delivered me from that spirit of rejection that spirit of orphan because mm. i always wondered like why didn't my mom love me you mm. know and i remember one time her even telling me like if me your own mother doesn't love you what makes you think anybody else will really mm. yeah so um, there was a lot of uh, forgiveness that I had to do there, but thankfully I did forgive. That's good. And that's why I was finally able yeah. to get delivered from it because before that I hadn't forgiven. I mm -hmm. hadn't forgiven her. Um, but at this time I did already because I was already like on my walk with Christ. Um, so when I got delivered from that, um, I remember it was so bad. Like, look, I'm still dealing with this popped eye blood vessel. Like from that night. Yeah. Really? <laughs> no, the That's next crazy. day, I literally was hanging out with my friend. She's like, "Have you always had that?" And I was like, "What?" And she took a picture of my whole eye was just like, dang, like all bloody. And I was like, like the pressure. Yeah, 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 probably from that, the pressure, the throwing up. It's like, crazy. Yeah. It happened to me one time too. I got delivered here, and I had like a whole rash like all over my face mm -hmm. from like popping blood vessels. Yeah, I guess. yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> like from <laughs> screaming or like so much pressure. Just like trying to. I don't know, get push everything yeah, out. Get everything, push out. everything out. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, get out of me. Yeah, literally. Yeah. So it was crazy. Um, and I remember after that, God told me, like, I, I felt him tell me, like, you're free. Mm. You're free. But just because you're free doesn't mean you still don't, you still have healing to do. Mm. You're still going to feel it, but you don't have anything holding you down now. That's good. And I was like, so, of course, like, I still went through it for, like, a week and a half, like, still feeling that pain. But I would just remind myself, I'm free. Like, there's mm. nothing holding me. I'm just going. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for time to pass by. Mm. And I remember, like, um, during that time where, like, I felt like God wasn't hearing my prayers. Like, he wasn't coming through for me. Um, this was before my deliverance. He, I had to leave work one day because I was sobbing at work. And I was like, God, I don't feel your presence. I don't feel your love. Like, why aren't you here? Like, I don't hear you the way I did. I don't feel you the way I did. Like, what's going on? Why have you left me? I literally left work, went to my secret place and went to the park, opened my page to a random page in the Bible. And I opened up to Daniel 10, 12, mm. where it said, it was basically um, the archangel Michael came down to Daniel and he was talking to Daniel. Uh, he, he came down. To speak to Daniel because Daniel was doing, I think, a fast. Yeah, the fasting. Um, and he was asking all the same questions. Why have you left me? Like, why why aren't you here? Like, do you hear me? Do you not hear me? Like, what's going on? Mm. Archangel comes down and says, you don't know how precious you are to God. It's crazy. You don't know how precious you are. So precious that I literally had to come down and talk to you. Yeah. He sent me to talk to you. Yeah. And he just wants me to tell you that the heavens have heard your prayers the first day you started praying. Mm. And I was like what i read this and i remember like just instant love just fell over me i just started sobbing again and i was like wow god you're so good like thank you so much like because i'm over here thinking like you don't hear me but you yeah. do hear me yeah. but what we don't see is what's going on in the spiritual realm when you're praying you're worshiping there's literally a spiritual warfare yeah. going on it's kind of like what dog do you feed more mm -hmm. right if you're feeding the white dog more like the white dog's gonna win yeah. that's your worshiping you're praying you're um um you're reading your Bible. Yeah. But if you're not feeding this dog and you're kind of just giving into worldly things, obviously this one's going to win, right? Mm -hmm. the, the black dog. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and then also like this perfect representation. Antoinette had literally sent me a video of like this guy talking about like Chick-fil-A. It's so mm -hmm. crazy, but you are waiting in line. You put in your order at the window, at, at this like little window, right? The, the little speaker. You don't know how long it's going to take you to get to the window to actually pick up your food. Mm. You don't know if it's going to be 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. It could even be an hour. But what you also don't see is what's going on inside the kitchen. It's good. Mm. You don't see the food being made. You don't see everything that's going on in there just to get your order out. Mm. So it's like, yeah, along that time that you're waiting in line to get to this window, you're going to come across like a lot of things like maybe... You're going to get hangry, you know, <laughs> you're going to get mad, frustrated, you know, all these other things. But at the end, when you get to that window, you're going to have that order waiting for you. And yeah. it's the same thing when you put in a prayer, mm -hmm. you know, God's timing is never wrong. That's good. So it's like just being patient. And then during this time of waiting, he like gave me the revelation of, oh, what was it? Um, God, God doesn't tempt you. Impatience does. Mm. And I remember like back then, like before I was like walking in obedience with God, I was constantly like giving into worldly things because I was so impatient. Like, God, you're not, you're not coming through for me. Like it's been like a month already, like, you know, mm -hmm. and just because of my impatienceness, I backtracked so much and who knows, I could have delayed my blessing a month, mm -hmm. two months, maybe even a few months because I went back into my sin. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's a revelation that he gave me, like, you know, and that's then good. again, like, um, I heard it here. I forgot his name, but he said a delayed prayer is not a denied prayer. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember I hold on to that for so long. I remember even before, like, my family was saved, like a, a delayed prayer mm -hmm. is not a denied. Yeah, prayer. that's good. You know, it's always like in God's timing because God's timing is like never wrong. Yeah, it's good. That's crazy, yeah. mm -hmm. man. I feel like we need like a part two because <laughs> you went like fa you went fast, but I know there's so much other details in yeah. there. What have like people, friends, have anyone like noticed any change in you? Like, have they messaged you good or bad? Like, what's the feedback they've gotten from like friends or people that follow you and stuff? So good. It's been so good. And I've been blessed to not have like any hateful comments. It's crazy, though, because it'd be the family. The family is mm. the one that that'd be persecuting you. Um, it's crazy because actually I just got the revelation right now of like uh, that scripture that says like I came to turn mother against daughter yeah. son against yeah. father things like that yeah um, but yeah I've, I've gotten a lot of like good feedback and I'm so happy because when I first came to Christ I told him I was going to lay everything down for him including my social media mm. I was a big like gym rat like mm. the gym was literally my idol like I would post fitness content all the time. Like I even got like a supplement sponsor and a clothing sponsor. Like oh. I was really, really into it. And um, I, again, I was posting these like promiscuous photos and, you know, like things like that of the gym. And I remember I was like, God, like I'm gonna give it all to you. I'm gonna give it all to you. I was like, even my social media, I'll delete my social media. I'll just start a new one. And I remember like he told me no, because with the platform that you gained off of that, these people were following you for the wrong intentions. The mm. boys were lusting over you. The women wanted to be you, like, you know, all these other things. That's exactly the people I want to target. Yeah. Mm. That's exactly That's the people I want to target. Mm. So you're going to keep it, but you're going to use it to glorify me. That's good. And I was like, okay. So when I started doing that, I started posting about, like, my journey with God, you know. Um, I started posting about me going to church, me making my fellowships, like, you know, uh, Bible scriptures and things like that. And even posting like questionnaires, like if you guys have any questions, like let me know, like I can get you connected with somebody, like I have a good church, like, you know, things like that. And so many girls 
started texting me. Wow. So many girls. How did you get into it? How can I get into it? Like, did he really help you with this? Or like, um, you know, like I, I strayed away from church and I'm just scared to go back. And like, I have a friend that was like Jehovah Witness and she was so church hurt. And I brought her to church with me and she's mm. like trying to get into it too. But something that I try to realize is you can't save somebody that doesn't want to be saved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, oh, this is like my motto now. Like I'll invite people to church all the time. I don't know if you guys have seen, but I'd be inviting people all the mm. time, <laughs> all the time. Awesome. So um, uh, my motto is I'm only going to ask you once. Mm. And I was like, I know my God. I know my God will encounter you. I was like, if you want to feel the love of God, if you want, if you want a relationship with him, come to my church. I'm inviting you. And they'll be like, yeah, 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 I'll go. We'll make plans to come. I won't hit him up the day of because I just feel like if you really want to, you're going to come. But if I have to constantly bug you to come, you don't want to be here. Mm. Might as well not even come. Like, Mm. you know, because you're not really here to be here. Yeah. You don't, you don't want to be here. Your mental is like not here. Mm. So I'll invite them. I'll give them the address. I'll give them all the information. Yeah. Thankfully, every single person that said like they were going to come through, they did come through. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So, um, thanks to God. (laughs) Um, but basically, um, yeah, a lot of people have came to me, like asking me like, you know, and I, I just, I try to direct them to the best, like at the best way that I could and how I learned about God. But I was so early on into my walk too, where I didn't know too much. So um, that's when I started knowing, like, I need to educate myself more. Like, I need to read the Bible more. I need to get discipled. I need to have a mentor. Like, yeah. I can't be, like, giving people just, like, advice when I don't know too much, like, mm. myself. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it definitely it definitely has. It's just, it's so amazing. It's so amazing to see, like, what God said he was going to do. Yeah. He did. That's How's crazy. your um, relationship with your parents now that you've gotten to? Um... I try to talk to my mom, but we bump heads a lot uh, because of, like, the different beliefs. And I remember, like, the last time I spoke to her, she told me, um, I pretty much, like, God was putting it in my heart to literally just call her and tell her, God loves you. Mm. God loves you. And then um, I was like, God, I don't want to call her. And he's like, tell her I love her because I love her. Yeah. She needs to know. And I was like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> like, was yeah. it your mom who was talking about, like, yeah. we know who we can and can't talk to yeah. about yeah, God? Yeah. Or was it Pastor? Mm-hmm. I'm not that sure. Was who it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we know who we can and can't talk to about God. And my mom's one of those people. I'm like, mm, I want to. <laughs> and then, so I was like, oh, okay, fine. Called her up, told her, hey, mom. Like, we just started talking. And um, I told her, I was like, God just wants me to tell you that he loves you. Jesus loves you. And she was like, oh, thank you. I know. And then I was like, but do you really? And mm. she's like, yeah. She's like, I'm Catholic. I believe in God. And I was like, so do demons and they tremble. <laughs> That's funny. And then she was like, um, she was like, yeah, I believe in him, blah, blah, blah. But like, yeah, I feel like I, it's always, it's always an excuse for her, but I feel like I don't need to go to church. Mm. I don't need to go to church. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Um, and then kind of just like ended the conversation about that there. And it was talking about something else. I was like, oh, my back hurts. And she was like, oh, come over. Like, we got to get your chakras balanced. Mm. And I was like, girl, I don't believe in that. And then she was like, "Uh, well, um," I started talking about God again, right? And then she was like, well, why don't you believe in getting your chakras balanced? And I was like, well, because I believe in God and I believe God can heal anything, you know, Mm. and all these other things. And then she was like, okay. Um, I started preaching to her, telling her, like, God, like, you need, mom, you need to come to God, like, 
God is waiting for you. It doesn't matter like what you've done, like giving her a little bit of rundown of the gospel. Mm. And she goes, I'm Catholic. Like I know God and this, this and that. She's like, I'm really happy for you and like what you've gone through and everything. Um, and I'm glad that you found God, but I'm going to believe what I believe and you believe what you believe. Pretty much yeah. set that boundary. And I kind of have to respect it too. So yeah. I was like, okay, I understand. Because it's my mom. You got to honor your parents. So I was yeah. like, okay, yeah, I respect it. And she goes, until God comes to me looking for me, I'm not going to look for him. Mm-hmm. I was like, mom, what do you think he's doing right now? Dang. What do you think he's doing right now? Yeah. And after that, she just got really, she just started manifesting. That Jezebel started manifesting. <laughs> so I was like, okay. So after that, I hadn't talked to her. It was like a month and a half ago. And she actually texted me today. And she's like, hey, like, what are you doing for your birthday? And I was like, oh, you know, kind of just a little bit of a rundown. And then she's like, okay. She's like, well, I got you a gift. She's like, so come pick it up whenever you want. Mm. And I was like, okay. I've been keeping her in my prayers. That's good. As far as like my dad. My dad. When this I first came, crazy. Yeah, this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so he um, basically, when I first came to Christ in March, I was telling him a little bit about it. And he was like, that's good. That's good. I'm really happy for you. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, will you come to church with me? And he was like, no. He's like, keep your beliefs. I have mine. You know how I feel about it. I'm happy for you. But just don't. Don't be telling me come to church and all this other stuff. Like, keep it over there and I'll keep my beliefs over here. I respect yeah. yours. Respect mine. And he set that boundary, like, very early on. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool. So, again, like, I started in March. Didn't start walking in obedience till maybe, like, June, July. And um, he didn't really see much change up until then. But, like, little by little, like, I started talking about it more and I started spending more time in church. Um, I went from being in church just Wednesdays and Sundays to Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. To Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, and Sundays. Mm -hmm. So he started seeing me leave the gym, which this was my idol, and constantly in the gym for, like, three hours to now being in church for more than, you know, half my week. So he started seeing this and little by little, he started asking more questions. Like he started being more curious to it and he started asking more questions. Like, and then little like here and there, he'd be like, pray for me, pray for me, you know, yeah. like things like that. Um, and then this past month, he went on a missionary trip without even knowing it was a missionary trip. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Like, wow. he, like he went out like with this group. He just told me very briefly, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to Ensenada. My dad's a great person. Um, he's, he's a really, really good person, has a really good heart. But just, you know, like he he doesn't he didn't know like yeah. what he what it what it was for. So basically, he goes on this trip and it was to um, help out kids um, in Ensenada mm-hmm. uh, build houses for like the people who didn't have houses and pretty much like on this missionary trip. And um, he was pretty much just told me that came back, and he came back like a completely different person too. Um, came back and was like yeah, I didn't even know this was, like, a missionary trip. Like, they started talking about God, and I was like, yeah, Mm. what am I doing here? (laughs) Yeah, so he said that he started being more receptive to it, and um, he saw, like, God working in that area, you know. He saw, like, the special needs kids, because it's so sad. It's so sad how, like, you know, how people live in, like, different countries. I'm sorry, different states, too. Um, And basically, he was just telling me, like, that really touched his heart. And he started talking a lot about God for somebody who I've never heard talk about God. So Mm -hmm. I was like, hmm, okay. And in this moment, like, I remember had just got delivered, too. Mm -hmm. So when we were talking about God, he had told me, um, he's like, Natalie, like, 
you have to realize all of this is mental too. If you allow yourself to be in a state of mind where you're constantly sad, you're going to stay there. Mm-hmm. He goes, like you said, God delivered you. So get up. Mm. And in that moment, I literally felt God speak to me saying, I did my part. It's time for you to do yours. Mm. Get up. Wow. You need to get up. There's nothing holding you back anymore. And in that moment is when I realized, like, you're so right. Like, I have nothing else to worry about. He's like, you really don't. He's like, I went to this, like, trip. And we're so blessed. You yeah. have no idea how we're blessed. And he started talking about, like, generational curses without even knowing he was talking about generational curses. He goes, because these kids are, like, in poverty, they grow up in poverty. Mm-hmm. They grow up in poverty. And now their kids have to grow up in poverty because they never got to go to school. They never got to do these things, you know? So he started telling me, like, how he saw, like, these kids being so happy. And it was because of the love of God. Like, even though, like, you may not have anything, you have the love of God. And that's all you need. And people don't realize, like, that's all you need. It fulfills you. It really does. Like, you could be left with anything. Like, looking now, like, if I'm left with absolutely nothing, if I have God, I got everything. Yeah. I have everything. It's good. Yeah. So um, I remember that um, he that's like the first time I heard him talk about it. And that was the week before he came to church. Mm. So I guess like that was like marinating in his like brain and his heart and everything. Thanks to God, because bro, we were praying, (laughs) we were praying on our family, me and my aunt. And um, I remember before he came to church, my aunt, she showed me this note that she wrote to God. It was it was a letter and it was praying over my dad. Mm. And she's like, Lord. I just, I want to pray over my brother. Like, I pray that you bring him, allow him to know your love, allow him to know your, your goodness and just everything, you know, just praying over him. And she showed me it. And this is before he went on his missionary trip too. He came back. This, obviously this was already written. Sunday comes around and I'm getting ready for church. And he's like, Hey, what time are you going to church? And I was like, just thinking he was just asking. And, um, I told him, Oh yeah, I'm going to be going at 11. And he was like, okay, what time do you leave? I was like, 10.30. He's like, okay, cool. He's like, well, let me know when you leave because we're going to go. I was like, who's wow. we? <laughs> Who is we? <laughs> yeah. And then he was like, yeah, me, Susie, and the girls are going to go. And I was like, okay, cool. So um, I was so excited, so, like, ecstatic. Like, I texted my, my discipleship group, and I was like, mm-hmm. guys, my family's going to church with me today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was so excited. And I text, I called Antoinette. I was like, Antoinette, my dad's coming to church today. Mm. and she was like no way i was like yeah so we were all really excited got here introduced him to everybody and during the sermon your mom like her message was not just for my family but for me because she was talking about if you're a first christian in your family like you know how hard it is and it was so hard because i would be sitting at like a dinner table and i would be getting prosecuted by like my own family Mm. and like belittling me asking me like what do you mean you hear the voice of god what do you mean? Like, you know, like just really like belittling me and God giving me like this, this discernment to understand what this person is going through. This person deals with rejection. This person deals with this. This person deals with that. Walk in love. Walk in love regardless of, of whatever it is, whatever they're telling you, like you walk in love. Mm-hmm. And that was something that like, who was talking about? I don't know if it was a uh, Chris or if it was your dad who was talking about how we are the representation of Christ. So that's something that's like, I'm really heavy on that now too. Um, Because it's so true. People will look at you and be like, why isn't she mad? Why Mm -hmm. isn't she like reacting the way she would have? Because before, like my family knows me before, I would go 
off. Like, I was such a hothead. Like, I had such a bad attitude, too. And now just allowing, like, this person to pretty much just eat me up and trying to describe, like, the love of God the best I could in that moment, which is so hard to do when this person is just, like, coming at you. Yeah. Yeah. So my dad had seen that, too, because he was at the table when this was happening, and he was kind of just looking like, what? Like, he was just so, like, confused. Mm. So basically, he knew that whole situation with me. So when your mom was talking, I was literally, like, crying. I was crying because it really touched me because I was like, wow, like, I, I was the first Christian in my family, like, it was so hard to talk about my faith with my family, like, because whether it was, like, my immediate family that would belittle me or make fun of me, it would, or it would be, like, just my family in general. So I never really went home talking about God. I could never really talk about it in my household. Um, and uh, I don't know which part it was that got to my dad, but when it came to the end and your dad, because for the whole time I've been here, your dad doesn't do altar calls, well, that I know of. And I think it's because he feels and knows like everybody is saved you know he knows Mm. his church right Mm. so i don't think like i've ever had like or been in a service where he was like if you want to accept jesus into your heart like raise your hand Mm. and that was the first time i I had heard it um and my dad just so happened to be in church and it was just the right message for him not just for him but for my stepmom too because she was sitting right next to me and she was like this is gonna be over Mm. (laughs) and right then and there that's when like they started preaching Mm. and then i was like it'll be over in a bit so then your dad asks like who wants to give their life to jesus Mm. i was given the side i like (laughs) so hard like trying to see if my dad like raised his hand well he raised his hand Mm. and once he raised his hand my stepmom raised her hand and then my sister that's amazing. And that just goes to show, like, the head of the household. Like, yeah. once he's in, like, everybody's in. Yeah. yeah. And so when he did that, I just started sobbing. Everybody looked at me. Carla was sitting right next to me. She mm-hmm. was like, <gasps> and then everybody in the back, Chris was telling me everybody was, like, crying because uh, everybody had already knew. Yeah. So um, I was just in tears. I couldn't believe it because I, we during that that, that worship session before that, it said simple obedience mm. changes history. And because I decided to, it's crazy because when I got um, delivered, the guy, he prophesied Esther over me. Mm-hmm. That was the first time I heard Esther. And then Carla said Esther. Wow. And then um, who was it? Was it your mom? No, it was your dad who said Esther mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And I, was, I just kept hearing Esther. And because of like her obedience and yeah. because she decided to stand up for you know her people yeah everybody got saved yeah yeah and it just it hit me so hard like everything that i was praying for like thinking god wasn't listening to Mm. my prayers listening like wasn't like i was never gonna have a breakthrough that's something else like he had gave me like that revelation of like you have faith for other people but you don't have faith for yourself Mm. but it's when i started having faith for myself when my blessings started to come to me that's yeah. so good. Yeah. And you're what? You're six months in right now into your faith, basically? Yeah. Crazy. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah. And even like the way you talk, like I know you're kind of raised in church and stuff and, mm-hmm. and Catholic stuff, but even just the way you talk, even like the scripture, I'm like, dang, it seems like you've been saved for like right. at least a couple of years, at least, you know, <laughs> like God is really moving on you. And it's just, it's so good to see. I feel like we need yeah. a part two just to go in so much more detail, mm-hmm. but it's so good to see where you're at. And I'm like... This is only the start. Yeah. Like, who really knows is. what the rest of this year is going to look like next year. Mm-hmm. Like, it's crazy what God's doing. By the doing. end of the year. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's just 
it's it's amazing and being like you know in the spiritual stuff and everything Mm -hmm. like i know god's gonna use you and i'm excited to see because like i'm not trying to put myself like oh i know but like Mm -hmm. i feel like i have a good sense of character i have a good sense of like who's gonna do what honestly Mm -hmm. yeah that's not like an accident. Um, I always have like a good idea of like who's going to, but I, when I look at you, I'm like, when I see you, when I hear you talk, I'm like, I know you're going to be a strong yeah. leader. Like you really are. You're going to like really help like girls out there for real. And that like, yeah. you see that? Do you yes, see that too? Absolutely. That's something that God had put into my heart too. He was like, I- I'm taking you. Cause a lot of like girls, like they go through a heartbreak a lot. Like, you know, they go through things like that. A lot of, uh, I feel like I see more women in like witchcraft and like things like that yeah. than I do the males. Yeah. And like Absolutely. being able to have like a testimony like that, like I know like God brought me, like he takes what was meant for evil and uses it for good. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, mm-hmm. Things that you overcome, you have authority over, exactly. you know, so it's very true. Like now you're going to have authority over that specific realm, which is awesome because mm-hmm. there's so many women, ex-New Agers that are getting saved yeah. and they need the you know, women who understand their lingo, understand where they're coming from mm-hmm. to help disciple them and mentor them. Because it's really hard when you're coming out of that lifestyle mm-hmm. to coming into the church and nobody understands you. Like yeah. nobody relates to you. Exactly. It's like the hardest thing ever. Yeah. And then definitely. to have someone who's been through it, gone through that shift, understands where you're coming from and like everything. So that's going to be you. You're un- going to understand where these women came yeah. from. You're going to understand how to talk to them and you're going to understand how you can help them through certain things, mm-hmm. but it's awesome. It's so good. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate you coming on and just sharing. Like, I feel like, like I said, there's so much more that you can share, but <laughs> yeah. it's so crazy. Just the amount of time, like only a couple months, really, like even yeah. we've known you, but it feels like, I don't know. I just feel like we've known you forever. Like it's yeah. so crazy. <laughs> and like your story is like so special and, I'm just excited, like I said, I'm excited Thank to see, like, the type of leader you're going to be, because I already see it, like, all over you. Like, it's so good. So good. <laughs> so good. So we're much. so proud of you, honestly. We're so Thank proud you. of you. And I'm sure we're going to see you more on social fun. media. Yeah. <laughs> I told her that, like, she's all over the harvest time. Like, yes. it's, it's so cool to see you always in the front worshiping and stuff like that. So yeah. we're just really, really proud of you. But with yes. that being said, guys, man, share this video. Share this with somebody. She's got an amazing testimony. I'm sure someone out there can relate to this. Share this on your social medias. Follow us on uh, Instagram, Against the Grain Podcast. Check us out, share our stuff. And God's using this podcast really for his glory. It's been so mm-hmm. amazing to see the testimonies, everything. But again, we encourage you guys to share this with somebody because we do this and we don't just do this for the clicks and the likes and all that stuff. We're really doing this podcast to, to help people, to change people's mm-hmm. lives, for them to see something or hear a message in a different way where they're not going to come to church, but they're mm-hmm. on scroll, you know, scrolling on social media. Again, we appreciate all the support. With that being said, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace. Bye.